Hello there. Uh, Cineboy to Cineman here. Hello there. Hello. Uh, just a quick uh, little bit of groveling, actually, before the episode begins. We'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star review on Spotify or the equivalent of a five-star review across all of the podcasting platforms that we are on, mm. including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Google, or Audible. Also, if you happen to be someone that isn't just one of our friends or family members listening out of politeness, <laughs> uh, please feel free to follow us on the Cineboys to Cinnamon Instagram, which is C-I-N-E-B-O-I-S, the number two, C-I-N-E-M-E-N. Um, that would be a good way to sort of keep up with what we're up to and uh, various little bits and pieces as well. And finally, all there's left to do is to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners for their continued support be that friends, family, or just the uh, randomers who stumble across us in the podcasting realm. It really, really means a lot. We're still pretty green with this sort of thing, but we absolutely love doing it. And yeah, your continued support really keeps us going. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Right, groveling out of the way, on to the episode. Cinema Boys to Cinnamon, episode 17. 17. 17. Uh, hope you're well, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Cinnamon Boys family. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Family. family. Comes first, mate. Always. Yes. First. Yeah. Family first. Forever. Family forever. Uh, hi, mum. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hello, mum. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious X mm. is the film this week. Yes. Uh, which will lend itself to a much broader discussion around the franchise itself, spanning almost two decades. Christ, yeah. Vehicular yeah. action, <laughs> tense drama. Yep. And family. Yes. The love uh, of family. Adrenaline soaked, petrol soaked, I should say. Oh. Gas soaked, as they say in the United States, where <laughs> this film is. Uh, well, actually, the film is set all over the yeah, fucking yeah. shop. Fucking so. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straight from the cinema discussion, this one. Yep. We literally saw it this morning yep. on the Sabbath. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, it feels weird to be doing it, A, straight after the film. We haven't yeah. done that since Avatar. No, we I haven't. Think. No, no. And B, during daytime. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation, daylight. These kind of conversations feel more suited to the sort of sweltering darkness. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I've closed all the curtains. Yeah, it's um, odd because like, there's going to be more day after this is finished. Usually, I just drive home and go to bed, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I could still do. But yeah, I don't know. No, Mop to bed. Yeah. Then it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of two people more qualified as people, you know, you know, to talk about this kind of thing. Really, no. Although I'm not particularly into cars. Never have. No, been I'm not really either. into cars. So I used to be obsessed with car brands, but not the actual like vehicles themselves, how they work. Like if my if I break down, I'm on the phone immediately. Yeah. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother opening the bonnet. No. Like, yeah, forget it. <laughs> not been into cars. Never listened to Radio X. Top never been. Gear, to, never not, not not a fan of Top Gear. Yeah. Hate Top Gear. Same. Fucking hate Top Gear. Actually, <laughs> I fucking hate Top Gear. <laughs> yeah. Never been to Home Base either. Have you not? No. There's well, no, maybe, but not recently. Home Base, as in mm. there's no. I mean, there's no car stuff in Home Base. Yeah, but it's the sort of the the masculine. Image, oh, of isn't course. It? Yeah, you know, yeah. Top being, Gear. Yeah, Fast yeah. and Furious. I'm with you. Yeah, Home yeah. Base. Halfords. Halfords also auto centres. Ah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, anyway, Fast and Furious X, that'll be the film we, we are going to discuss, as mentioned earlier. And then a discussion around various aspects of the franchise, mm. chiefly around Vin Diesel himself, as yeah. this he is sort of the uh, the nucleus of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. uh, and how his sort of the creative processes that I imagine sort of in some way involve him, even mm. though the higher directors and he doesn't write it, but it sort of feels like he is very much the epicenter of all of decision making to do with this franchise. Yeah, he's the through line. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's the one. Um and how he is sort of not much different to a child <laughs> no. playing with cars in their bedroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're right. gonna expand on that. And that's sort of gonna be the spine of the review and the discussion, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um because I think there are a lot of similarities between him and a child <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as far yeah. as Fast and Furious is concerned. No, I completely agree. Yeah. So uh Strap in, mm. get your nos, not yeah. the not the gas that makes you uh, your head hurt for a bit. Yeah, I mean, what's the stuff they use to make the cars go? I think quicker? it is. is it I NOS? think they do call it nos. Yeah, 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 yeah. the turbo thing. Nos um, and babes, get your yeah. nos and babes. Your nos Settle and babes. down. Engage first gear and then <laughs> swiftly followed by second gear, <laughs> and then my favourite gear, third gear. Third gear. <laughs> I don't have a favourite. It's more of a top five. But, top yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy. Enjoy. Rum. <laughs> I feel obliged to point out to you before we begin the uh, topic discussion and the review <laughs> um, that I don't actually drive. I, th- uh, I should have said that in the intro. I don't drive. No, I'm a okay. loser. I don't drive. <laughs> I can use. I can masquerade my ineptitude with environmental concern. <laughs> yeah, I get the bus because I like. I don't want you know. I just imagine a polar bear and like a sheet of ice just drifting out. Yeah, no, I, that's I, that's I, the reason why. I've got a little button in my car. It says eco on it, and I press it sometimes. For, for that same reason, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's better <laughs> going to save themselves. No, exactly. can't. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Absolutely not. Useless. Yeah. <laughs> I guess before we sort of start talking about Vin Diesel himself, I think it's worth sort of talking about the beginnings of the franchise. And I think me and you agree with this in the sense that um, the first like two or three Fast and Furious films were always liked by the people you hated at secondary school. Yes, yes. I think that's like uniformly true. Yeah, and no one could argue that because it's just me and you. No, yeah, uh, and that's the beauty of the podcast. That's what we do. It. <laughs> yeah, if uh, you if you were with me in secondary school and you loved Fast and Furious, chances are I hated you. Yeah, you were probably a twat. <laughs> yeah, it's the same people that like liked. Um, I mean, they're very different movies and in many in lots of ways, but they seem to like uh, Green Street. Yeah, okay. that's another sort of again that episode is hopefully coming soon, but. And I can't wait to talk about that. No, but, you yeah. know, they, they seem to sort of all swirl together in this sort of whirlpool of this sort of shitty whirlpool. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be really appealing to Nuts magazine reading, that, yeah. sofa masturbating when mum's out at Asda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, not that I wasn't like that. I just mean, you know. Um, no, it, it, I, see, I see where you're coming from. I just didn't watch Green Street. No. I'm still on the sofa. <laughs> Yeah, TV was what? off. Not much of the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, think about those polar bears. <laughs> um, the target audience with both of these films, uh, with the first Fast and Furious and something like Green Street, are predominantly male, right? So yeah. it's, it's there's a fetishization of objects and or and or like sport, I guess. So mm. in Fast and Furious, it's cars, right? The the cars are treated almost as something to sort of leer at. You yeah, know what I mean that's how they're present. That's how they shot. That's how they're presented. Yeah, and- there's, yeah, there is something very se- hypersexualized. Yeah, not just in the presentation of uh, 
female body parts, which no. is definitely somewhat present in the newer films, but far worse. Because like, you said that, because you you've seen Fast Furious really, really recently. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're. I'm gonna let you run with this. Go with it. Yeah. It's just. I mean, everything about it is just excessive. Uh, from the way that sort of female I would, I'm hesitant even to say characters because they are just sort of it's it's horrible to sort of present it in this way but they're like kind of meat in the room really yeah, yeah and yeah. the camera sort of lingers on their sort of asses for yeah, ages yeah. basically Laura Mulvey will have a field day oh my god yeah, yeah. and it's like sort of, I've seen the, I've seen the the Fast and the Furious, the first one, twice now, <laughs> regrettably. <laughs> <Good for you. laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, it, there's a lot of that in there, and it's a lot of kind of like the sort of a bizarre code of ethics that only the male characters in the film sort of cling on to mm-hmm. and uh, live their life in, in this sort of broody kind of always looking out into the distance. They never, they never seem satisfied with anything. No. And, and the idea there is, is that they're thinking about deep stuff. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> and um, also sort of the colour palette is sort of sickening as well. Yeah, like, it's so lurid. Yeah. So bright. Yeah. And, yeah. Greens and reds just sort of flash before your eyes. And yeah, and it's present in the new one as well, but there's loads of just women dancing near cars for yeah, ages. For ages. And not it must e- be a boring night out. Oh, my God. But I don't dance or like cars, so... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, maybe I'm not the, not the sort of person to make comments about either of these things, but <laughs> you're right in saying that is sort of present in the more recent additions to the franchise. But I think I think more recently the films have got a bit more of a sort of yeah. conscience to them. They're a bit more so they're a bit more aware of the broader picture, particularly yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and representation, all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. don't be wrong; it's not; <laughs> it's still there. Yeah, oh yeah. But completely. I think it's not as quite to the amount that it is in the early films. The early films, you know, you could like turn that on, and if Vin Diesel didn't turn up and you weren't aware of the location, you would think you were watching Euro Trash. Yeah, completely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. You know, like it does it do that low. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, really strange, and yeah, just shit. Mm. Again, like, not into cars. And at that age, was never popular women enough to even bother fantasizing about it. So. <laughs> yeah. um, still not. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I just think that it really tapped into that audience uh, really, really well. Mm. Um, and then somewhere, I think maybe like Fast and Furious 5 yeah. onwards, mm. things start to get a little bit less car-centric. There's a sort of a vague tone of self-awareness. Yep, completely. A heightened sense of its own ridiculousness. yeah. And I think that takes the franchise away. F- I mean, it's, it's, there's still a sort of sort of veneer of sweatiness to it, but it's mm. not as quite as adolescent and yeah. wanky and wank stained yeah. as like Fast and Furious <laughs> One, yeah. Two, Three. I think I can't remember Tokyo Drift as well. It's probably a bit sweaty, isn't it? I can't remember. I um, think so. Um, I do remember there's just yeah that being quite sweaty. Actually, thinking about it. My God, I got sweaty. Um, but yeah, no, I just think it's interesting that there's a transition in the franchise to a more sort of self-aware tone. Whilst that isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card and by no means makes the the films better, Yeah, it does provide, I think, a more a much broader scope to enjoy the films. Mm, I think... On, on a sort of more, I, I guess, I mean, superficial level. Yeah. I think what happened was Casino Royale and The Bourne Ultimatum came out. Right. And they were like, Okay, this is what people like now. They like kind of a more of a gritty, 
sort of lens dirty, you know, sort yeah. of realism to it, even though they were sort of bound to this ridiculous premise from the start and they weren't going to really give that up. Yeah. And that's what made Fast Five. I really like Fast Five. Um, I think it's really good. Is that the one in Rio? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I quite that's, like Fast Five. Yeah, yeah. 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 If I had to pick, I think we said five or seven, didn't we? Before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those two are generally considered to be the best ones yeah um pending the critical consensus for this one which has been quite mixed so far but okay um, yeah i i just think that yeah casino royale born ultimatum changed everything in terms of like action cinema and these films became more action centric and like you say less racy racy as in lit- literal <laughs> yeah, <laughs> racing yeah. cars yeah 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 there's less of that they still use cars in the film to like pull off heists and things like get through like 200 300 cars per film yeah, I swear to God. yeah they ran with that for about three or four films but i noticed particularly with with this one and perhaps with the one before as well they they went back to the street racing thing a little mm, bit. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. an element of, and here's the word coming up, nostalgia. <laughs> you know? So I'm guessing yeah, all the sort of adolescent, pre prepubescent boys that loved it. Or who are now in their sort of our age. Sort yeah, of exactly. Late 20s, right. early 30s. It, it's, early 30s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of catering for them again. Yeah, maybe. That's an interesting them, point. Giving them the best of both worlds. I've not considered that, and I think you're probably right. Mm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I think um, I watched because I watched Fast Nine last night. Mm. I've seen all of them now, which I'm not <laughs> quite sure how I feel about that. But I've seen all of them, and Fast Nine was definitely that sort of self awareness and that silliness was starting to get really tired. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they've really had it as a franchise. They pulled it off sporadically, but most consistently, as we said before, Fast Five, Fast mm. Seven. Yeah, um, they managed to balance the tone right, and I think it's because of the personnel involved. Yeah. You know, nine it is literally just so lifeless. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, you you come to Blockbuster Cinema expecting obviously a lot of CGI, mm. a lot of naff characterization, and boy, does Fast and Furious do naff characterization <laughs> yeah, yeah. better than anyone else. <laughs> Completely, yeah. You know, and I don't come in expecting to fucking you know wax lyrical about the thematic intent or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But even by the standards of someone that has. You know, a fairly positive relationship with a couple of the movies. Mm. I was like, "This is just shit." Yeah, um, yeah. And and I think one thing I can say to X is that it's definitely better than Nine. Um, okay, yeah, it's it's yeah. not by any stretch its best. The franchise's best moment. No, um, it's weird that we're talking like this about Fast and Furious, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, no, I think they. I think they struck a balance, as you said. They went, they sort of reverted back to the the roots of the franchise with the, the street racing and the, and the sort of you know asses. Yeah, basically. Um, There's no other way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel a bit weird saying, but I just no other way to describe yeah. it. It's just uh, so obvious that the ob- objectification is just so obvious. Yeah, and handed yeah. to you on a plate, and it, it in a way that there's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink element to it but i don't think he's excused for that reason at no. all. It, it feels weird in this in in fast tech it just feels really odd and it does um, but they splice that with that sort of self-aware silliness yeah. to mixed results and we'll, and we'll save that for the for the sort of ch- chunk of the discussion about fast tech specifically but i want to move away from a, a discussion of a franchise i don't think there's much point talking about the films individually no, and the yeah, moments. Yeah. i mean you know 
Uh, not to sort of be too derogatory towards the films, but I mean, you know, they are what they are. They are, and they blend into one as well. They do. I really do. I literally had to watch like a YouTube run-through of all the films because I just couldn't remember what happened. (laughs) Yeah. And not that it really matters, as we'll explore later, because they they will often undo a lot of the narrative arcs they've created for whatever reason, and we'll discuss that later Mm, because one of our big gripes with the series and indeed this film in particular. But I want to sort of focus on this idea that we, we sort of outlined in the intro, which is, and it's something I thought... I think after watching like Fast 7 or 8 how sort of Vin Diesel is no different to a child sat in his bedroom playing with toy cars yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that's literally what this franchise feels like to me now yeah it's sort of got this sort of like boundless childlike energy and enthusiasm to it yeah that only a child can come up with Mm. and that sort of just fucking ridiculousness that a child would concoct it's like Joe when you were a kid and you'd like play like shooting at primary school, yeah. armies or whatever you used to call it. <laughs> yeah. And there'd always be that kid that would say, no, 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 you can't kill me because I'm made out of metal. Yeah. There'd always be that fucking kid who said it. Yeah. And we all probably at some point were that kid. Oh, yeah. But yeah. like there was always one kid who just, you know, he'd, he'd heard what the strongest metal was. Yeah. And he was yeah. going, I'm that metal. Yeah. And you'd be like, all right. I'm a Terminator, yeah, you can't yeah. kill me. Yeah, Vin yeah. Diesel is that kid in this yeah. film franchise for 10 fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He embodies that childlike sense of wonder and imagination, a very linear attitude towards good and evil, mm-hmm. which yeah. is present in the films. Yeah. And chiefly as well, I think this is a big thing we're going to talk about, the ego. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, go back to the, the child with who's metal, who won't die. Yeah. Um, there's an ego there. Yeah. They don't want to lose. They don't want to die. And that's yeah. exa- absolutely present in Vin Diesel's characterization of Toretto. Yeah. Not only is he practically invincible, he is this sort of, well, I mean, I, as I imagine, you know, godlike deities would be. They are invincible. He is yeah. the god of the franchise. Yeah. He is the philosopher of the franchise. Yeah, everything centers around him. Everything, every plot point, it's Everything. always about him, or or maybe kind of his son, I guess. But it's yeah. always an extension of him. Extension like of him. He's the kind of supermassive black hole around the galaxy of supporting characters, and they yeah. all just revolve around. They him. They sort of just bumble yeah. around him. They just bounce like yeah. turds in a moving train toilet. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? They're just yeah. sort of just there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he professes though his love for them and does anything for them apparently, but it doesn't really feel like they have a lot to say. No. It's all him. Yeah, and the ego I think is so central to that. His mm. the ego of him, and we we talked about this before. And in this context, I don't know how we squeeze discussion about fact. Oh, when we were talking about action cinema, you know, we talked about how like in Eastern action cinema, there's this sort of like there's no ego. It's just mm. about making the best thing they can make. And yeah, if they have to put their bodies through hell to create that drama, which is so essential to the best action films, and they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about how it's lacking in in mainstream action cinema in America, or Hollywood, should I say, sorry, uh, or even the West, but mostly Hollywood, with the exception of John Wick, in the sense that these big action stars bring an ego to the table, and that ego prevents drama because you know mm. they've all basically got it written into their contract. They can they count punches and yeah, they don't want yeah. these fights. And mm. you know, and that to me feels like the sort of child in the room with the cars feels all the more, I guess, sort of pertinent knowing that. Yeah. That these these sort of huge action stars, these people that like go around and they, they always come across so humble. I'm sure they probably might be, but yeah. they've got this carefully cultivated Hollywood persona yeah, and these characters are an extension of that persona and yeah. it prevents <clears throat> any sense of drama yeah. at all yeah. in, the, in this in this franchise I think 
to, what are your no, thoughts? Yeah, no, I to- I think you're you're totally right in the the sort of the childlike allegory that you sort of presented there. Like, because throughout the third act of this one, I could I, your your voice in my head. It was just like yeah, like a child moving cars along a a scale electrics track. Yeah, or, yeah. Even if they're a bit younger, like a train set. Or well, something. do you remember those rugs? Yeah, the rugs with man. the, rugs with the yeah, roads on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's sort of that sort of primitive version of scale electrics <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you're a bit younger, but you still go with, you know. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, there's a set piece which which reminded me of it so much. Basically, what happens is um, two helicopters. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> God, I don't even know if spoilers apply because well, yeah, to be fair, it's, it's everyone can come back. It's all the fucking stuff. same in it. Yeah. So uh, Dominic Toretto driving along a freeway or the Portuguese equivalent of a freeway uh, <laughs> and he, he gets two grappling hooks uh, sort of pierce his car and it's two helicopters <laughs> so immediately I was literally thinking of like two best mates yeah, you know with one of them with like a Hot Wheels car and the other one with like two helicopters going so, <laughs> I'm going to put grappling hooks into your car <laughs> well I'm going to drive faster and then the, <laughs> and then the two helicopters are going to go and explode and it's going to be and, and you're dead and I'm not dead because because my car's fast enough to even though like you know physics wise that just wouldn't work for yeah, a start of course isn't I'm not going to rag on that side of things too much no there's no point the, the series yeah. prides itself on that that, that element of it which I sort of don't mind yeah no but but at the same time I was just like that is exactly what someone like me or someone like like sort of the people I sort of grew up with would have done yeah, would yeah. have been like pew grappling hook in your car ah oh, oh I'll, and you know the sort yeah. of quick decision making but in terms of <laughs> translated to the big screen it was just bizarre baffling. it is yeah. yeah it is very strange yeah and, and I- um, another thing to sort of note with this one is because it the crit that criticism has been leveled at them the uh, the, the con- contractual obligation to throw an equal amount of pu- punches and and have no one lose a fight. Mm. Uh, I think the way they got around it with this one is they never had two important characters fight each other at all. It was always one important character, aka Michelle Rodriguez, and one less important character, Charlize Theron, or a yeah. villain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always constructed that way, so they. They kind of navigated around that criticism in this one by basically just having none of them fight each other at all, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's interesting you you sort of say that um, because in Fast Nine there's a fight because John Cena is the villain in Fast Nine. Oh uh, yes, yeah. And um, and the fact that he's now an ally in this film talks to another aspect of Vin Diesel's ego, which I'll tap jump onto after this. Uh, okay, but yeah. There's a there's a fight scene a very brief fight scene in a london pub between the two of them okay yeah and there's about three or four punches that connect between them and yeah. the fight stops and that's the only time they actually fight physically on on, on the big screen okay given yeah, this yeah. is like the villain and you want the payoff you don't really get it no by the rules that the franchise has established you yeah. don't get it yeah and i think you're absolutely right and it's something i'd not quite considered until you mentioned to, this to me earlier that there is like they're, they're avoiding those arguments from happening by yes. simply making them either by the not having those scenes in at all yeah or shortening them to the point where no one can come away saying they look worse off than the other yeah and they never do which is a load of shit yeah as far as i'm concerned yeah and it's ridiculous mm. i just think but you know i and it sort of it speaks to this wider issue, not issue, but this wider idea of the celebrity, mm. and that we're sort of putting these people on these sort of fucking like pedestals, and you know yeah. they gaze down upon us. And yeah. I think obviously 
if you if you're in that space for too long in some cases it's going to warp you in some way and i think this is an extension of that warping yeah yeah you almost start to believe your own hype your own sort of like your own status and symbol yeah because that's the only reason i can think would would sort of dictate the decision making behind that by by saying no no you can you punch me twice yeah you know what i mean like i just think that's mental it is personally but yeah obviously that's again something to do with the wider nature of the celebrity i think yeah i mean and it just you're meant to be a collaborator right with yeah with with screenwriters with directors and you're meant to you know there's gonna be some back and forth if you're like a producer on the film or if you're the big action star i get it if you have a bit of a say in how the story develops but you've got to trust their judgment mm. and if if their judgment is you're going to get pummeled in that fight you say yes like why yeah, who yeah. cares like it's yeah, yeah. Not... no one's gonna care you're gonna you're the main star you can have a redemptive arc anyway so and just you're gonna let... come back and win surely yeah, like of course yeah because that's the way everything if you've all been is. diesel in fast and furious you know you're gonna win yeah there's no way you're ever going to lose no <laughs> so why not get pummeled a couple of times like, yeah i don't know it seems strange yeah i just think thinking a bit more broadly in terms of celebrity there's actually a really interesting uh interview by daniel daniel radcliffe Right, and he, okay. was, he was talking about his sort of brief but significant sort of struggles with alcohol abuse, right? And he said the reason why I sort of fell into that was because there was an expectation on me to be delighted all the time, mm, and mm. and he, you know, that that's got to be hard. So you know, yeah. on the flip side, you know, you can sort of understand it to a certain extent. Although, of course, you know, yeah. I mean, why the the ego thing is there, and it's. I mean, there's two podcasting titans, Ben. We, who better yeah. placed oh, to understand the, the perils of fame? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. you know those numbers. You know the listing numbers, the the, the Instagram interaction. Yeah, I know. You know, I, yeah. I can't leave the house now, Certainly which suits not. me. Really, I have but. to. You know, I've almost ran over a, a fair few members of the press. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> it is it is just odd to me that that's the way that they've landed because there is a way around that, and there's a way to be both sort of gifted and decent, and there's a way to absolutely. Of, I just really think it's damaged it quite a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah. And it, and and I want to just jump on the point I sort of left halfway earlier, but it ties into this about the nature of the ego thing is that the characterization of Toretto is that even like. In the context of John Cena, who's now the ally, I mean, yes, <laughs> is that he, he can't even his enemies end up liking him. Oh yeah. So the, so the franchise is just littered with with like these enemies that are like out to like fucking flay him, chop his bollocks off, and make him eat it. Yeah. And then a film later, they're like, he changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> like he he changed my life. <laughs> I've seen the error of my ways. Yeah. And these are people that are like are prepared to like garrot his kids. You know what yeah. I mean? Or kid. Yeah, and I just think that's again another extension of that childlike ego. That sort of no, because everyone likes me in the end. Everyone like everyone likes me in the end. Yeah, you know, yeah, completely it's strange. What you're saying about the sort of the, the death of tension in the series as a result of you know the counting punches and all that. It also yeah. there's a much broader issue, and it and it, it's certainly apparent in the latter stages of the franchise, and especially apparent now, particularly in the end of Fast X. Mm. Nobody dies permanently in Fast and Furious. Yeah, no, and. You, you know what we were talking about earlier about the whole self-awareness you could maybe get away with that plot device a couple of times twice maybe yeah. it's happened a lot more than that yeah it's yeah. like three of at least five or six instances of it now right? yeah i, I mean think. fast nine there's like a major character who dies quite early on comes back i forgot mm. his name there's a big Michelle Rodriguez's character plot device about her. She gets killed off, doesn't she? In one yeah, of when them. does she come back? Is it five, four, or five? I can't remember. 
I might was be six. six yeah. yeah, and she's like lost her memory again. <laughs> Convenient classic narrative device. device. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they just. I mean, to be fair to them, they sort of with that particular comeback, they drew it out over a film, I guess. So there's yeah, a bit more yeah. justification. But there's so many instances of it. Most so, and I will say spoilers now because it is quite a big spoiler. Gal Gadot. Although did she come back earlier? No, on? no, no, she 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 dies. Uh, I can't remember which one she dies in. Yeah, uh, five. Five. I, I want to say five. five. Yeah. Okay. This is a, another problem with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just not. Yeah. And and it what that does is is that it completely saps away any tension. Mm. And it wouldn't bother me so much if the franchise wasn't that con- concerned with generating tension, but they clearly are. Yeah. Like you know, they frequently mine Toretto's backstory and his history to bring out the dredge up these characters from his past. Yeah. Or these people that expose parts of his past and this is going to put him in a, in a sort of a situation where he has to choose between certain individuals. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I just think, well, when this happens, I know for an absolute fact that no harm's going to come to him yeah. or probably no one else. And if it does, they'll be back later. Yeah, they will. And they'll sort of come back and they'll sort of come back with a queef. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. like no, no one's going to be like, oh whoa, oh, my oh he's God. back. Jeez. You know, we're all going to be like, all right, he's back, obviously. You know, because that's yeah. what this franchise does. It's so afraid of killing off mm. his characters, and I wonder if that's something to do. I mean, it feels like ragging on Vin Diesel a bit. I don't actually dislike him at all. I don't have a, well, yeah. don't have a sort of strong opinion about him either way. More, more probably be the better way of putting it but it just feels like this sort of theme of family which is obviously so intrinsic to the franchise and clearly important to him yeah it, it just sort of like gets rid of any of the tension and that should be where the tension comes from yeah yeah if completely. it's about these these people these this collection of people uh that have built this bond over so many films if you start like chipping away at them mm. that's going to really make you think fucking hell like this the, the stakes have risen yeah yeah and as an audience member as someone that's sort of like quite dispassionate about the fast and furious films anyway it might be quite hard <laughs> but if you're really into it yeah there might be a heightened sense of tension yeah and we sort of talked about this before in the context of marvel movies i mean like Marvel films don't really have a great deal of it, and they've tried to do it more now, particularly mm. with the ending of their whole sort of Thanos arc shit. Yeah, yeah. But even then, they sort of they couldn't do it in a way that was particularly impactful. No. The, the death of Tony Stark, they flirted with it at the end of is it Infinity War yeah. or Endgame? Which ones? It which ones? Endgame which? is when it actually happens. Yeah. So Infinity War. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of like, I thought, bloody hell, they're going to stab him to death. That's yeah. a cool way to kill him off. Yeah, yeah. But it just, it, they would never have done it that way. And of course, no. his death was going to be heroic. Yeah. And I remember saying that before we went in to see the film that yeah. if there's going to be any deaths of the major characters, it's going to be heroic. Mm. So it's not just Fast and Furious's, Furious's issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like an issue more broadly about this sort of, there's a sort of, um, I think, a fiscal reasoning behind yeah, this yeah. and i think it partly that and in the case of fast and furious also vin diesel probably being like no bring him back because it'll be like awesome and the art completes itself it's yeah. all like family uh, yeah. you know but i think that fiscal reason is also a huge part of it yeah perhaps completely. maybe more so for marvel because a lot of the side characters that come back in fast and furious aren't that seismic no it might be because i haven't i don't have that enough of a stake in the franchise but whenever they Same. come back i'm like oh 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 okay yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you bought them. I wonder how much you paid them this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think at least with Marvel, there's a you know the fact that you're dealing with superheroes is they've got very clear strengths and weaknesses, and it's a little bit because there's more of a science fiction edge with Marvel, obviously. 
Yeah. You can get away with it a bit, but with this, there is and still a very, very small peppering of reality going on. Yeah. So it yeah. is just odd when, like, I mean, I get I, I, third time saying spoilers, but John Cena's death in this one, it was so brief. Yeah. I was like, you haven't killed him off at no, all, have back. you? If, if he's, he, if he's back, not yeah. back in the sequel to this film, yeah. I'll eat my hat. Yes. <laughs> I'll eat my shoe. Just one. Just one. Because it's, Then have yeah. to hop out of the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah uh, vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. bile dripping out your mouth. I um, don't know. I just... Yeah. It, it, there's just nothing. There's just no... You know, there's nothing really to connect to. And I, and I wonder if that's like deliberate. Mm. I wonder if it's more just like Vin Diesel's so desperate to sort of have that emotional connection to the audience that you sort of are supposed to forgive that. Yeah, And again, maybe. if you have a stake in the franchise and really like it, then you're probably going to be swept up by that. Yeah. Um, but for some bitter cynics like ourselves, maybe we're just, you know, embittered cynics yeah. like ourselves. I think, I mean, I'm going to sort of touch on what they did with Paul Walker, obviously the fact uh, Paul Walker's death around the time of Fast 7 getting released, um, or it was obviously it was halfway through filming. But that send-off that they gave him, obviously he didn't die, he just moved on. Mm. And the reason why they gave it so much time and attention was obviously the tragic circumstances around the, the actor who played his who played him not not playing Paul Walker I can't remember his name Brian um, <laughs> yeah. yeah but that send off worked so brilliantly that I'm confused as to why they haven't tapped into that ever so slightly a bit more like if they want to get rid of a character and maybe bring them back later if they want to should they choose to why not do it like that instead yeah. why not give them a bit more of a sort of graceful send off um Sort of know. like maybe like when their hand is forced by tragedy, they have to sort of maybe step outside of their comfort zone and actually do something that might mm. be more impactful. Yeah, yeah. Because in Fast Nine, there's like a scene where it's like at the end where Vindy they always go back to the house, don't they, and sit down yeah, and have a yeah. meal. Who's going to say grace? And then and then oh, there's, there's a there's a space at the table, right? And yeah. it's Brian coming back in a, a Subaru speed. Oh, see car names. There we go. Uh, there, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I think the one time I saw a Max Power magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the bottom of a school field. Oh. I was obviously like breasts on one page and a Subaru on the other. Right, and that's yeah, why it's yeah. etched into my memory. Like <laughs> Ninety-five boys, yeah, just all stood around. Oh my god, this sort of sort of sticky, <laughs> yeah. creased, uh, almost bathed in ethereal light as well. The light shone down upon yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, you know, like he turns up in a Subaru and and uh, it ends. So obviously, mm. he's not going to get out of the car. No, yeah, God, <laughs> you know, that, that would be yeah. unless it was his brother, because I know his brother did some of the stand-in scenes for Fast Seven. Yeah, it was a combination of stand-ins, uh, CG, and reused footage from all the other films right wow. back to the first one. Yeah, and quite I a think, good feat. Actually. Yeah, impressive. I think so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, I think you're you're right there. And that's something I'm not considered. That sort of, you know, when your hand is forced, maybe they would push them out of this comfort zone, which is sapping away any element of sort of tension i mean you, you know blockbuster films are going to have tension to a point yeah they're never going to like fully commit they're going to dip their toe in tension yeah because that's the yeah. whole point yeah mm. you know if you want a whole family to sit there you're not going to have you know john cena's huge abs get uh, obliterated by a car dashboard <laughs> you know and his corpse yeah. sliding across the road his skin getting flayed by the hot tarmac and <laughs> yeah, the Portuguese yeah, sun, yeah, yeah. pecked at by vultures in the post-credit sequence. <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. No, no. So I, I you know, I, I don't go into a fucking Fast and Furious film expecting to have my, my buttocks permanently clenched. Mm. I understand that obviously this is a film for mass appeal, broad appeal. Yeah. 
I just think even by the standards of blockbuster cinema, theirs is particularly shoddy, mm. and it just has it. It doesn't thematically valueless, yeah, and narratively valueless, yeah. And the only people that ever seem to suffer are the antagonists, which again goes back to that that sort of childlike l- sort of linearity mm. in how they perceive good and evil. Yeah, yeah, and you know how it's evil that always has to die, and good. Even if they do acts along the way that aren't particularly great, yeah. it's always in the pursuit of a higher goal, yeah. which again is very much classic Hollywood narrative structure. Yeah, no. so it's weird that that's quite childlike as well. Maybe. It is, yeah, and maybe yeah. that's why the children have that view. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. it's simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, easy to pick up. So linear, like you say. Yeah, it is just laughable to me now, and not laughable in that they're laughing with you. It's like I think I do think Vindy. Vin Diddle. Vin Diddle. Vin Diddle. Yeah. That was his real name. Yeah, yeah. He walked into the casting office like Vin Diddle. <laughs> Diesel, right? Now. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it is just. I wasn't laughing with him at all. No. I was like, you are. You really think this is acceptable? Yeah. Kind of narrative construction here, and it's just like. They've clearly won over people's hearts with this franchise. The fact and that it's gone on for so long, right? Yeah. It means must mean that. I know, yeah. And Universal put three hundred and forty million dollars into this ne- this latest one, which is so much money. And so they clearly think there's going to be a, an audience there for it. Mm. So they've got some goodwill there, but yeah. that's going to run out, man. I mean, it, it's coming to an end soon anyway. But I don't know. I don't know. I think it might end with a bit of a whimper for the reasons that you say that there's no tension in the first place. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. I just don't know of any way they can recuperate any of that tension. That just it's just but not finishes there. on a cliffhanger. It does. I mean, it does. Know, I mean, you know, they're both going to be all right. Exactly. But yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe that suspension of disbelief. There's a thrilling element to that. Yeah. Do you know, like, and it's it goes back again to that sort of old school blockbuster experience. And the sort of whole point of watching a film anyway, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean this more for like big spectacle movies. There has to be a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. There's not a great deal of worth to sort of sitting there and not doing that. If, if you want to enjoy a film like this, you have to suspend it. And you have to, and with Fast and Furious, you have to suspend it far beyond the realms of what is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, expected. So maybe that's why, and maybe people are far more willing to do that than we are. Mm. Yeah, and that's not to say that I don't love blockbuster films. I think we, you know, here at Cinder Boys of Cinema, we try and uh, to quote Homer, enjoy all the meats of our cultural stew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, do you know what I mean? We, you know, I I love it all, and I think mm. that's a real it was something that we aspire to do with the films we talk about. So yeah. it's not, you know, it's not because we'd rather be sat at home watching French films no. from the fifties. No, it's no. just I think even within the parameters of blockbuster films, there is good and shit ones, mm. and I think a lot of the choices made in this franchise to push it more to the to the latter you know like which is a shame because when it is good it is good i mean there are points in this franchise that are genuinely they they get the tone perfect yeah yeah Uh, perfect within the context of fast and furious yeah yeah you know and it does make for a genuinely enjoyable at points experience so i think there is genuine life in this no i think so even for people that you know stroke their chins like oh bergman i don't know i just see it depends on how many more they're going to do i'm not too sure they... Well, this is allegedly the next one is the final one, right? Okay, so they're doing eleven, mm. uh, eleven main within the main. I mean, there's eleven anyway with the spin-off, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it ending with any kind of real 
I might be wrong. We'll go check back with us in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll be like, I loved it. The ending was <laughs> sublime. We'll delete this one in a year's time because of how much we love the <laughs> yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a shameless retcon. Um, good, good things about it. I, I know you mentioned something earlier, which I'm quite cure, quite keen to talk about in in a semi. In, in a bit of detail. So we're talking about Fast X now, yeah? Yes. The re- re- review. Review. Yes. <laughs> okay, good, yeah. The Rome sequence, yeah, good. Mm. Good, I think that's one of the best shot sequences in that in the series for quite a long time. Mm. Yeah. Because um, a lot of it, it does just get to a point sometimes where it, it, it gets so fucking brainless. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's like, you know, there is a way to shoot car films amazingly. I mean, obviously, a great fucking car chase is so good. You're thinking films like Bullet yeah. and uh, The French Connection. Yeah, man. You know, mm. like, you know, there are, or perhaps to a lesser extent, but still great, the opening to drive. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. there are great, you know, driving sequences in cinema that are fucking amazing. And even, like, the most, you know, bare-bones, derivative mm. chase sequence in a film is a ball ache to make yeah, oh I my imagine. God. Ma- <laughs> Mad Max Fury Mad Max but yet fantastic just, yeah. how like, did I forget that uh, just as an example exhausting of, to watch it's yeah, that good yeah. You know? exactly yeah and and apparently really really difficult to shoot as yeah well. yeah I can imagine um, nightmare yeah if, if, if you want to do it right you can tell there's like a lot of choreography a lot of planning uh, hundreds of people involved mm-hmm. uh, not only from the crew but all like councils and stuff like yeah, uh, yeah. or like the local authority who have to sort of approve these things and make sure that they, they don't damage any of the landscape or that kind of stuff so it's just a mammoth undertaking and, and yeah and it's it makes you feel sort of guilty when you sort of come away thinking yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the context of the Rome sequence I thought it was quite good mm. uh, by no means you know uh, the best chase sequence ever seen in the film but Justin Lin who I imagine was directing that at the time I know he jumped ship two yeah a couple of weeks um, in couple so of, it might, uh, have been oh, Let- might have been the other guy Louis, Louis Letterer uh, okay. I don't, know. I don't I know his CV so I don't want to comment too much about the that The Incredible Hulk the oh. Marvel film yeah really <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, okay. yeah the Mar- Marvel's Incredible Hulk uh, Edward Norton done? Hulk yeah right, that's okay. right uh, what else has he done I knew you'd know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's done a few pretty middling action films. Okay. Um, well, I guess because I, I was, was sort of going to say if it's Lynn, you sort of understand. He obviously knows how to shoot a Fast and Furious film because he's yeah, done a couple. Exactly. But yeah, maybe his DNA was already there. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a it's a well made sequence with yeah. some decent choreography, decent obviously. You know, again, talking about driving, like I know what I'm talking about, but it's really well put together. Yeah. And there's the element of tension with the bomb. Mm. Straightforward, which, they, which they genuinely sort of half deliver on. I mean, I think they say in the aftermath, only nine people died, which I thought was a cop out. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, but, that, um, there's that new sequence, isn't it? Yeah, there? yeah. And the new sequence seems to contain rushes from the shooting yeah, of the film. Yeah, it's just yeah, like you yeah. Haven't, you haven't bothered to get any sort of ground level phone yeah, yeah. footage. Just, it's just like just it happened. Oh, the aftermath would be fine. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it sort of reminds me of uh, the bit in Batman versus Superman where they lure. Uh, I can't remember the fucking villain's name is, but the big fucking bloke, the big brown monster thing. Oh god, Doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. And uh, it cuts to like the guys in some sort of military office and a guy just goes it's inhabited yeah <laughs> or yeah, yeah. everyone's gone home from work yeah, you know what i mean it's just yeah, yeah. that little throwaway line of dialogue that's yeah. sort of just you know there's obviously some sort of like committee that say no not don't kill too many people yeah that will make give the film a macabre edge that we don't want exactly yeah uh, and i think it's the same here i think that ended with man of steel because that was one of the criticisms people yeah. started to realize like hang on a minute like you've just leveled an entire city yeah yeah maybe we- 
you should consider civilian casualties, even because yeah. you know, people are going to cotton on to that eventually. Well, it was never a problem in the past, but someone on Twitter has just gone, I can't believe how many civilians you killed in this film. And then <laughs> yeah, from there on yeah. in, all the... Yeah, there's got to be that throwaway line of dialogue, yeah, which is great. It's really strange. But yeah, no, I, I, I liked that sequence a great deal. It was, you know, when it, again, it's like, it was sort of reminiscent of when it's good, it's good. Yeah. You know, like, and I thought I was genuinely like, obviously, you know, again, we talk about this, we've said this a lot, tension, that word's come up loads, but mm. there wasn't a lot because, you know, it's going to be sanitised to high heaven. But yeah, um, yeah. in the build up to that, it was genuinely good, yeah. enjoyable. Clear. I think they did actually film in Rome as well, which is always commendable because that yeah. can't be easy. No. Um, I liked the straightforward nature of it all. Yeah. There's a bomb. It's rolling down. Uh, Rome isn't that. Uh, there's no real incline that that would mean a bomb would roll all the way from the Trevi <laughs> Fountain to the Vatican. It's not going to happen. But I didn't really care. No. And, and that's you know that speaks to how well constructed it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like there's an awful lot of visual effects in it, obviously, apart from the bomb itself, which is like the size of a small house. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Tell me uh, they didn't blow up the Vatican for Fast and Furious. Yeah, well. I mean, if I was the Pope, I'd think, yeah. well, if there's, anything, if there's any reason to blow up the Vatican, it's for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the idea of him being on a phone, on the phone, and someone's just like, are we going to do that? And he's like, how much are Universal offering? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's in it? Uh, yeah. Galdo <laughs> yeah. comes back. Blow it up. <laughs> Blow it up. I don't care. I'll move elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah. The minor criticism, obviously, geographically speaking, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I mean, the, ge- the geographical element of the film, actually, the sort of the, the country hopping. Oh, God. And you were saying, you said something quite interesting that I'd not considered was the sort of how excessive the film is. Yeah, yeah. And it might be the most excessive out of all of them so far. Yeah. Which I guess would sort of be fitting given that it's like, you know, the... the penultimate film yeah um but the films have always been drenched in a sort of sickly excess haven't <laughs> yeah, they yeah and uh yeah that extends to just how often they switch countries yeah um we had rome obviously i'm not roman naples in italy and you had portugal it goes back to rio de janeiro rio. for quite a lot of it and then there's obviously the los angeles in, is it los angeles yeah, it's london london as well london yeah i'm quite yeah, yeah. That's six <laughs> yeah it's a lot of countries man why? Like I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really serve the narrative in any in any context other than maybe the global appeal of yeah. the fast family. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Potentially, yeah. But yeah. I just, yeah, I sort of struggled to understand why that is so important. No, it just... just maybe just sort of pad the runtime out with those deliriously sickening crash zooms and sort of like oh. um, sped up. Whip pans of buttocks and yeah. obviously not in England. <laughs> that yeah, doesn't no, it's all grey no. in England. There's, there's no buttocks in England. There's a southeastern railways train in it. Like, uh, okay. like oh, that's our version of the like Rio the, the sort fireworks. Of, yeah, the fireworks. Like, Christ, Christ the Redeemer. Yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> of sort of like you know b- beautiful Brazilian people scantily clad dancing. Not in, not in the shots of England. There's none of that. No, dark fair brown, enough. Dark brown bricks, basically. All they, when they were constructing the London sex. Sex? <laughs> yeah, that's also a bit in the film we need yeah. to address. The London sex. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when they were constructing the London sets, it was just dark brown bricks. Yeah. All the alleyways are really sort of, they look like they stink. Yeah. Funny. I love yeah. I, I find that quite sort of funny, the sort of juxtaposition of that with other countries mm. that are so much brighter, brightly presented. Yeah, yeah. Accurate, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the excess of it is, is, is strange. And it's also just the excess of like, the amount of fucking like just amazing cars. I mean, I don't even really like cars as as mentioned in the in no. our intro, but it's like 
it just it's also sort of delirious mm. it's like there's so much wealth here yeah it's mental it's just being obliterated in yeah. the pursuit of more wealth it's like surely you're all right now yeah <laughs> can you not just retire yeah, like, yeah with the amount of cars and because there's even a bit where they like the you see their bank accounts and obviously the the plot device is like jason momoa who we'll get to in a bit he nicks all their money with a touch of a button, which is quite funny in yeah. itself. Yeah, they're doing all right for themselves. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, again, and then that doesn't contribute well to the tension because they don't really have anything to strive towards, financially speaking, anyway. Um, mm. So why bother? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's sort of like the the morality element of them has always been sort of semi-present. I've always sort of imagined mm. that he, Vin Diesel sort of got this sort of Robin Hood-esque view of him and his merry men, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, they're loaded, they've got loads of money, but, they, you know, they share it out, probably. Who knows? Yeah, In yeah. between the films. It's got a weird communism element yeah. to it, yeah. Everywhere he goes, everyone fucking loves him. Mm. It's really strange, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's funny, because in Fast 9, there's, like, this attempt to sort of dabble with this the notion of muddying his legacy as a character. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, sort of John Cena is the brother who's always been in Domin- his older brother's shadow mm, and, yeah, it's the, yeah. and it's that sort of frustration which creates the villain yeah. so there's this sort of suggestion that Toretto casts this shadow across the whole franchise and across <laughs> everyone else and no one really gets room to breathe Yeah, I might be yeah. giving it a bit too much credit here but well. even still Vin Diesel will dabble with that for a very short period of time before yeah. reverting back to type yeah. reverting back to this sort of like you know the, the the guiding light for mm. everybody. You know if he if he's not there, nothing good happens. Only bad things will happen if he's not there. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Again, we've talked about this ego thing, the childlike ego, and this sort of FOMO. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's not there, shit hits the fan. Mm. And when he arrives, everyone's face brightens up. Yeah. Uh, even his old enemies, they sort of give him a wry smile, a nod. You know, yeah, like yeah. this guy is just. He's not only is he unkillable, he's absolutely unhateable. Yeah. And those that unhate him, those that do hate him, genuinely have to be unhinged. Yeah, they can't be just like people that are sick of him driving around, obliterating their city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they have to be psychopaths, don't they? Yeah, like, they yeah, can't yeah. be people that are just sick of him. Mm. Like, like any rational person would be. Yeah, so here he fucking comes again. Oh. To, you know, just to say some sort of airy sofa philosophy bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then get in his ridiculous car, which is killing the polar bears, and fuck off to another country. Yeah, yeah. You know? Get a private plane, which isn't just a, a private plane, it's a military pr- yeah, private yeah. plane. He's pulling yeah. favours. Even the people in the CIA think he's fucking brilliant, all lining up to empty his balls. Yeah. You know, I'll like, oh, have my plane, Dom. Yeah. You know? Oh, you know? Take it. Yeah, it's so weird mm. and that's the thing about it that I find so strange and I know we've talked about this again already so I'm not going to sort of linger again for too long but it's just so weird to me that he has managed to make 11 films I know he's not been in every one of those films but it is it feels so self-masturbatory yeah yeah and obviously I don't know him personally again like I said before I don't have a strong opinion of him either way but I mean there's that shot <laughs> Uh, oh, in, I know. In yeah. the climax of the film, where he's driving down a uh, dam, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And there's this horribly CGI shot. It just looks yeah. so CGI to the point it just looks like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Of like, there's like fire. The, the dam's exploding, and his car's behind, and he hits the nos. Yeah. And it's like the fusion of man and machine. And then the, the camera sort of whips 
through the sort of engine that's engulfed in flames and yeah. then sort of is birthed from the flame and then just sort of, the camera just tracks across his muscular arm yeah, and then yeah. back into the car. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, why? Why? Yeah. And it's in. The, it's, it focuses it on for enough of a moment to, to you know, this sort of two or three seconds. Ten, of, I mean, oh, he's got biceps. good arms. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, this guy clearly. It's not his arm. It's a computer-generated model. Of yeah, his a arm. version of his arm. Yeah, with yeah. sweat sort of dribbling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought that was like the, the fucking apex of it for me. Mm. I was like, this guy is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't. He can't see the wood for the trees anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, yeah. I wonder how much that shot cost. Right, I, I'm gonna try briefly because you consider you know, this. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Give us your. So you got a lot going on in this shot. You have got fire simulations. You have got water simulations with the sweat. Yeah. <laughs> You've got um, soft body physics, which is skin. So his yeah. his biceps, although maybe not that soft because of how rock Rigid. hard they yeah, are. Yeah. Rock hard. It going all over the place. It lasts a good ten fifteen seconds. It's got to be about. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was over a million pounds. Really? Yeah, I'm not being funny. It will, it will hell. have that will have done <laughs> because you got you got a re- like quite often these things have versions as well. So they have a version oh, one okay. work in progress. They'll get studio notes. They'll get diesel notes. They'll get notes. Diesel notes. Yeah, yeah, diesel <laughs> notes. They'll get notes from the director, and it'll all come back, and they'll have to spend more money on it. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all because. I know that this film is drenched in CGI, but the shorter the shot, the cheaper the shot. Yeah, um, okay. And this one was really long. Like, There's a shot in Titanic, which is about 20 seconds, and that was over a million dollars in 1997. That was a $200 wow. million okay. dollar movie. Yeah, that puts it into perspective, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. so it will... I mean, I might be wrong. It might have been in the thousands, but even so, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that is mad. And it, I just going back to that excess thing, it's odd. This is one of the things which was slightly off-putting for me. In a time as as of now, um, as as we both well know, like economically, not the best time in the mm. world to sort of be alive. <laughs> um, and it is just a shame I, to, to see that amount of money spent on a narrative which sort of encourages excess. It was just, I just didn't like it this time around. It doesn't sit well, does it? No. It's sort of, that sort of film as fantasy, film as a escapism. Yeah, that's, this yeah. is the purest form of it, isn't it? Exactly, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, why do I want to sit in an office that's yeah. grey and it's raining outside mm. when I can be Dominic Toretto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With my, you know, the babes and the, yeah, and the, yeah. and the cars and my kid you know <laughs> yeah. but it's all all right because family's amazing and in this world there's no there's no imperfection yeah even no. there, if there are imperfections they'll be ironed out by a line of dialogue from vin diesel yeah there's a simplicity yeah. there's no attempt to observe <laughs> the socio-political landscape no why would there but... why would there? i mean you know and, and, I, and i agree with you in the sense that you know that, that it does leave sort of a bit of a bad taste in the mouth I think so. Um, just three hundred and forty. That figure keeps coming. Yeah, back. that's a like, lot of fucking money. It's so much but money. I guess if film is escapism, uh, it's going to make it back. It's going to make it back, and yeah. it's going to just well, in, in the in the eyes of the people involved with making the film, it's going to justify it mm. because everyone's watching that film with a desire to escape. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I guess is pr- you know, I mean, if you think about it in the context of the Great Depression, yeah, yeah. in America, cinema was did really well. Yeah. During oh, the Great Depression. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when everyone was skint, mm. people's desire to, to, or the, the, the aspiration to aspire to something more right. or to escape to something was yeah. heightened. Uh, okay. So, wow. 
in that context. Didn't consider that. I think maybe I'm just a bit bitter because of <laughs> because of how expensive you, stuff is. Because you, <laughs> you don't have the cars. No, I don't. I've just got the one. The one. Yeah, and the Renault. Uh, yeah, Where's your knots yeah. in your Renault, mate? Uh, no, exactly. It doesn't have. Where any. are the babes in the Renault? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's just me, mate. Just, just the me. one babe. <laughs> well, that's it. Just um, how I like it. Yeah, I don't know, and it, and how how hard it was to acquire said Renault. Difficult. Yeah. Another story for another time. <laughs> so we, we, yeah. you know, we've yeah. just uh, both recently become homeowners, and I don't know. There's something about like that seeing that sh- that amount of money spent on one thing. It's yeah. just annoying to me. But like you say, it, it, it might be justified and it might actually weirdly mean it might have done some good for, certainly good for the people that made it. If, if it yeah. makes it back, if they've got a kind of back end stake in it. Then I mean, it's always going to be, it's always going to be the thing that with some, you know, with something that we love like film, it's always going to be that little niggle mm. um, yeah. because there's a lot of money. And it's the same when I think about sport. I mean, I love football. I'm a huge football fan, but yeah. it's hard to ignore the, just the simply disgusting amount of money that gets thrown around yes yeah um and i can't really see a way of justifying that i know a lot of people can yeah and that's a different argument to be had but Mm. you know like there is just something about that that will always sit a bit oddly with me and make me feel a bit uncomfortable yeah yeah. will it stop me from watching it no yeah yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) like will it you know at at the moment anyway it won't and it's the same with movies like obviously i will nine times out of ten I'm going to be way more impacted by a film that's going to cost significantly less than that. But there's a reason why these films do so fucking well. And, and, yeah, and that, yeah. that amount of money they spend is an investment on, you know, on the desire to escape the yeah. mass appeal of escapism, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, um, definitely worth bringing up though. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the film is, th- th- these kind of films are particularly excessive in, and as you've said, with the sort of globe trotting and the cars and the, the sort of, the male gaze, yeah, you know, it's a yeah. coin movie, you know, like it, it does feel very much a, a, applicable. Yeah, to, to, and there's no, it. there's no real consistency with it no. either. Um, actually, that's a problem with this film as well. Uh, it felt quite muddled and inconsistent, where in in a way that some of the others haven't. Mm-hmm. Like Fast Five was just basically Rio, heist, happy days. That's all it. the characters yeah. are together. They're all separate in this, and if you're going to talk about family. Why are they all in different places? Ah, but they're separated, I mean? mate. That was that was the villain's plan all along: uh, separate, divide, yeah. and conquer. Yes. And then villain. I imagine they're all going to come back in the end. I sort of imagine in the next film it's going to be like stay them. They might get the Rock back, although he probably won't come because there was a lot of bad blood between everyone. And oh yeah, Rock, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, Which again talks that celebrity ego thing again. Yeah. Um, Tyrese yeah. Gibson calling him out. <laughs> which is hilarious as he's easily the weakest person in the Fast and Furious yeah, no, franchise yeah. by a mile. <laughs> I mean, Ludacris isn't far behind. No. Um, but, you know, like these superfluous characters that have these sort of jokey exchanges with a sort of R&B jazz oh, yeah. the background f- thing that they keep. I mean, the R&B background is constant. It's just, just sort of like auto-tuned yeah. droning shit. Yeah. It's just sort of like it just chugs along in the background. But in the interludes of apparent comedy between Ludacris and um, Tyrese Gibson, there's this sort of like bass-driven like funk yeah. thing. It's, it has the production value of like the Pornhub intro. You know what I mean? Like, and they're just sort of navigating these desperately unfunny exchanges. They're not funny either. No, really dreadfully unfunny. In fact, yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah. Every time they had a moment, I just felt like 
my whole body recoil and shrivel. Yeah, it took away from the sort of relatively well shot action sequence. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no. but it seems to be like a mainstay, like a constant. Mm. It's really weird. In nine, when they went into space, that there was loads of that going on. Whilst yeah. they were going into space, I was, yeah, the space thing was like a bit much for me anyway. I thought like it's the kind it's of the thing... only logical path of progression, Ben. Where else? But, but it's childlike again. Going back to the childlike thing, yeah, it's just like yeah. imagine those characters in space. You know, yeah, and yeah. they they delivered on that, and then but they then, did. They, they kind Which of... I sort of admire them for in a way. <laughs> I've always sort of admired them. And I know it's not to... Oh, I don't want to derail your point that you have right, yeah, making, no. but, yeah. which I definitely have. <laughs> no, but I'm like, finished. Either. There's something admirable about the childlike nature of the ambition. And then he's in space. Yeah. And he's back in Portugal. And there's fucking explosions and the Vatican blows up in Rome at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It's just like... Someone hasn't had their Ritalin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. You need to calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Oh, Deedle. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's a coincidence that um is he called Vin Diesel in real life? Is that a stage name? I imagine it it has to be a stage name. Because it's D de- I just thought of this. Diesel as in the, the fuel. Exactly. <laughs> Could be No, he's called he's called Mark Sinclair. Mark Sinclair. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Colin Wilberforce. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Wilberforce. <laughs> Colin Wilberforce oh, slash Vin Diesel. <laughs> no, so what's his name? Mark Sinclair? Yes, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you can understand changing your name, can't you? Yeah. Not to rag on the name, it's fairly, it's very normal, and that's probably why. That's I mean, the point, yeah. Hollywood has a long history of name changing, doesn't it? Um, yeah, Sometimes completely. for in quite horrible, for quite, you know, quite horrible reasons, but mm, yeah. more recently, I guess, it's to make you more marketable. Yeah, Particularly yeah. if you're, the vast majority of your presence in the sort of landscape of Hollywood is in car films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Why not? Why not? Yeah, Mark Sinclair. That is, yeah, Mark Sinclair. Very ordinary. Uh, Jason Momoa. Okay. The yes. Villain. Um, thoughts? I wasn't so hot on him actually. Oh, okay. I thought he was enjoyable to watch as a, and his performance was good. I thought he really went for it, and he kind of knew where he was. He, yeah, he knew he it was it. ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah. And he kind of knew what to like, what points to hit. The but the actual character, I thought was just. I don't know why I found it so off putting. <laughs> That he he was obviously I mean he's meant to be he's a villain right, but he he kind of like when he was painting the toenails of those dead people, I was like if you wanna it was a really obvious way to say like this guy oh this guy's cr- a crazy person yeah right? yeah yeah um the fact that the only character in this entire franchise who sort of dabbles in that sort of metrosexual uh, persona was yeah. a villain yeah yeah <laughs> a bit like ooh. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm being a little bit too wonk <laughs> here, but I don't know. Yeah, something about it didn't sit well with me. Ultimately, he was good in it, though. I, I thought think. He was I good. think it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just obviously just he, like you said. He knows where he is. He's hamming it up. Yeah, big uh, time. Big really time. He really up. goes all in. I think the intention is maybe levity to sort of offset mm. uh, Mark Sinclair's <laughs> <laughs> slash Vin Diesel slash Colin Wilberforce <laughs> slash. Vin Deedle. Vin Deedle. <laughs> um, I'm keeping that in. That's pretty good. Yeah. To off to you know to sort of offset his remorseless seriousness. I mean, yeah. so remorselessly fucking serious in this film, and he is yeah. always serious. And I guess in that way, it sort of works. I mean, you can't really sort of talk too much about it. It's a very sort of familiar thing for an actor to do in a franchise like this, which is ham it up, yeah. make it up. Mm. And he does an all right job of that. No, I do. I do agree that with you that he was fun to watch and like kind of isolated from the rest of the film. There were some quite funny moments with him 
as well. Uh, but there was also quite a lot of irritating moments where I just yeah. thought, oh, that line really didn't land. What we we were talking, we talked about this. I thought his like the reasoning for him being a villain was a bit like throwaway as well. Like yeah. the, it was just the son of the guy in Fast Five. That's all they do now. Yeah, it's, always, it's yeah. just the past. It's mm. always that seems to be like a real, really common sort of motif yeah, for the yeah. Fast and Furious films these days. It's just yeah. someone from the past. It's yeah. either family mm-hmm. or someone that knows something about his past. Yeah, or like yeah. A, a, the fucking second cousin's <laughs> dog walker's best mate. Yeah, of the villain yeah. that died nine films ago. <laughs> revenge. You know, it's um, yeah, it seems to be a big part of it. Yeah. And I think that's just because, again, it's that attention to try and sort of generate some kind of tension and, and embed itself deeper in the themes of the film, which is about legacy, family, yeah, yeah. you know, all that guff. Do you reckon uh, in, in the later one he's going to become a, a an ally? Uh, or do you think I, he is actually he's too far gone? I think he's too far gone by yeah, the standards yeah. of because uh, whereas a lot of the other characters have been evil, mm. he there's a, there's a there's a sort of overt sadism to him that I think is well again yeah. sadism in, in twelve a sadism yeah um, twelve aidism twelve aidism ooh <laughs> <laughs> is that a bit where he licks the blood off the knife I think oh that's, yeah that's a bit yeah. strange for Oof. a Fast and Furious film to do yeah, that yeah yeah I, th- I, I think he's too far gone I don't mm. think he's coming back I think he will be one of those villains that is going to get iced yeah yeah pretty spectacularly I assume or an end in a fist fight where Vin Diesel because Vin Diesel will tends to have those in those films he has yeah. like fist fights where it's like him displaying godlike feats of strength. Yeah, yeah, punching people through walls. Yeah, yeah, and like lifting cars and stuff. Oh, he does that in this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit like I don't know. Like again, where's the limitation for this guy? This guy, mm. the, the, the sky's the limit. Yeah, and if that's the case, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, like it's sort of the same problem that I guess like Superman sort of has. Mm. And if you're making a Superman film, you sort of have to navigate that and make. Yeah, you, know, you, has to, you have to commit as well. If you're going to go for people he loves, you have to fucking commit to that because yeah. that's the whole point, right? And but with, there's going to be none of that with Vin Diesel. Yeah, it's funny what you said earlier about him displacing people, the, the family. Yeah, that's sort of thinking about it is actually maybe one of the slightly cleverer aspects of the film. The, just, his yeah. tactic, is, yeah, it's know. a thematic device, isn't it? And again, yeah. this this sort of franchise long obsession with family. Yeah, know, if you if you divide that family. Literally and metaphorically, <laughs> you know, you you are going to, I guess, create some kind of tension. Although, again, as we've said, there wasn't a lot in it for us. But maybe no. if you're more inclined to enjoy the series, you will. Yeah, indeed. Um, Charlie Strong's back as well. She's a bit of a long time, long standing villain. She's been in a few now. Yeah, how many has she been Three in? Three or four, I think. Oh right, okay. And I kind of liked her. A yeah, because she's it's just familiar, familiar, tech, and she's hamming it up. She is, yeah, and she's. Probably better at it than Momoa. Yeah, um, I think so. There's a sort of coldness to her. Yeah, uh, tactile, I always think this, Yeah, which she's obviously amping up to eleven. But yeah, no, I don't know. It's uh, overall thoughts. Not the worst Fast and Furious film, but by no means the best. No, I I thought in places I was willing to suspend my disbelief enough to enjoy it, like we were talking about the which is essential. Rome. Yeah. I mean, I've literally just seen it, and I'm struggling to think of any other moments. <laughs> Good sign. Yeah, yeah. The, the bit with the helicopters was just balmy. Like, yeah. The, but again, relatively enjoyable. Um, 
lot of oh uh, Michelle I like Michelle Rodriguez especially after Dungeons and Dragons I want to sort of revisit her and sort of maybe watch a bit more of what she's been in yeah. uh, actually, I really quite like her actually I thought she thinks she's yeah. good she doesn't get enough to do in this one no. I don't think I think the fact she was separated from it all although she is in quite a lot of scenes her scenes through no fault of her own were a bit weaker yeah um She's just in prison for a bit, and then she has to break out of the prison, and then oh, she yeah. just goes to the Arctic at the end. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and then Gal Gadot's reveal. She she seems to know that they're walking, even though she's in a big nuclear submarine, she seems to just know that they're walking towards her, and she's like, <laughs> like smashes through the ice, and she's like, hello. <laughs> back again. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, you're back. Yeah. Like, is everyone just like, yeah, no one... All flame retardant. No one dies. <laughs> yeah, no one dies. No. Everyone has a sort of tracking beacon as well. Yeah, they just, yeah. They just know everyone's location. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Yeah. Uh. Brie Larson turns up as well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like her trajectory since Captain Marvel, she's really settling into big blockbuster movies now, isn't she? Yeah. As someone that started out with fairly humble beginnings. Completely, yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see how her career goes yeah. on because you seem to find with a lot of these actors who you know who who make the jump to marvel they struggle to jump out of marvel mm. and land into you know because i think a lot of the reason they leave they get fatigued with the sort of expectation of yeah. what being part of marvel's about mm. and how there's a lot of detractors of marvel particularly yeah. a lot of people that as an actor you would probably want to work with yeah yeah um so i think that's why you see that these actors leave and then subsequently struggle yeah. to land those sort of big roles in sort of smaller movies. Mm. Um, but I'd be interested to see how her how she goes because she, after the room, I can't think. Obviously, room, it's a short yeah. term twelve as well, didn't you? Yeah, that was all. That was that was one of her sort of earlier independent films. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, Room was probably the last independent film Which I remember. Fantastic being actress, really good. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like. You know, it'd be interesting to see what she does because, I mean, her role in this film is fairly sort of throwaway. Yeah. Um, but I'd be interested to see what she does moving forward. Yeah. Does she, she revisit the, her humble roots or does she keep sort of doing yeah, stuff keep, like this? Yeah, no. Either or, I guess, is is, is all right. But um, I would like to see her in other indie, actually, because, yeah, it's been a while since she's displayed some real real chops. Isn't Her role in this is, like you say, yeah, quite... seemed like quite easy to play. Yeah, the, you, you know... There's not a real... Yeah, it could, be, it could have been played by anyone. Yeah. I mean, the fact she's there adds a lot of additional star power, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, there's not really anything there that's, like, dependent on her as a, as an actor. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Mm. I don't really know what else to say about it. As you said, we literally watched it about two or three hours ago, and I've already forgotten most of it. Yep. Which is a sign of the film and a sign of the times. Yeah. But it's not worth being too cynical about, because it is all right overall. Yeah. I'd say it's worth a go if you want some mindless fun it's... and uh, to laugh at a lot of the gaping plot holes. <laughs> and uh... I think that's sort of part of the joy, I think, for it. I mean, for me, I I'd sort of I expect the plot holes, so I'm not surprised by them. Yeah, and yeah. I don't really know what I expect, what, what I feel when I come out of them. No, but I guess in the context of films like this, it's all right. Yeah, and if yeah. you're in, if you know, if you if you enjoy, if, like, as you say, Ben, if you if you enjoy looking at plot, gawping at plot holes. Uh, gawping at Vin Diesel's hole <laughs> that doesn't happen um, then yeah. yeah check it out I guess there's probably like a water cooler effect that happens with the silliness 
that people are going to be like, oh, did you see it? Yeah, how ridiculous was that? I can't believe they brought that back, that person back, that person back yeah, again, again, yeah, again. Yeah. I can't believe it. You know, that in itself might weirdly be a selling point for it. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, I don't thought about that. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Right then, should we end it there? Yes. Brum parking. Questing the cinematic void. There we have it then. Mm. There we have it. There we do. Have there it. we have it. Yeah. Uh, Fast and Furious X. Yep. All right. All right. Weird to talk about those films for such a long time, actually. I just, yeah, I'd never given yeah. them a huge amount of thought until we decided we were going to do it. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I enjoyed um, that one. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Next week, uh, Bo is Afraid. Mm. Ari Aster's uh, third feature. Third film, yeah. yeah third feature. A film that seems like quite the departure from his previous works, which are horror films. Yeah, yeah. Um, seems like a real sort of expansive, sprawling mm. movie. The kind that sort of reminds me of like a big, dense American novel. Do you know yeah. one of those kind of things? Yeah, like, completely. I mean, uh, Inherent Vice springs to yeah, mind. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, Another yeah. Joaquin Phoenix performance. Oh, love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Love the book as well. Mm. But uh, one of the few Thomas Pynchon books I've read, but ah. brilliant. But yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It just has that sort of sprawling quality to it which i from the trailer i usually try and avoid trailers but obviously when you go to the cinema you can't avoid them yeah, yeah. um maybe too sprawling yeah was my initial concern i think the trailer I, yeah it does look a bit scattershot a little bit i think i watched white noise and no bambash oh yeah film yeah, yeah. white noise that suffered as a result of the sprawlingness of it all yeah, uh, yeah. and it, i'm a bit worried about it because I didn't like White Noise at all, actually. Okay. Yeah, but uh, interesting because I really love Hereditary. I think I think Midsummer, this Ari Aster's second film, is even better. Agreed. Personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree um, with that. I've got high hopes for it in that respect. I think he's quite a talented filmmaker. Oh, so, he's yeah, yeah. He's one of the shining lights, I think. So mm. particularly as far as like Hollywood or you know American filmmakers go. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued, but not without my reservations, which would make for an interesting discussion. I think so. Hopefully, yeah. Ari bashes them away. Yeah, yeah. bashes us off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be bizarre. That'd just be in awesome. the cinema trying to sort of like, if, it, if I just do this, would you be positive about it? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, yeah. If you, uh, if we're, if we sort of do a glowing review, then yeah, be yeah. sceptical. Yeah, because yeah. I'd be worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sound a bit really tired afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting to talk about that. Mm. But in the meantime, enjoy this. Mm. Enjoy Fast and Furious. Yes. Love your family. Drive hard. Yes. Should have said that the other way around. <laughs> Fuck it. See you Drive later. Hard. See you later. <laughs>